قد قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحجاج والعمار وفد الله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم suspected brothers, elders, mothers and sisters this is a very brief discussion about some aspects of Umrah it is not meant to be comprehensive, exhaustive Alhamdulillah perhaps all those who are gathered here to go for Umrah they have probably performed Umrah many times the Masail the rules, the details of how to perform Umrah, etc., are things that we have done many times. We are familiar with that. So that is something straightforward. And the Masail, let alone of Umrah, even of Hajj, this is the easiest thing. It might sound very strange, you're saying easiest thing. People take so much of difficulty trying to learn it. Really, it's very easy. Because the Masail are very limited. Yes, a person makes a mistake in something, now what will apply? Those things are a lot of details in it, the details of ihram and so on. But otherwise, in terms of umrah, it's putting on the ihram, performing the tawaf, these are the faraiz, the wajib is sa'i and halak, or qasr, cutting off the hair. But those are the masail of ihram, of, of umrah. So it is something that can be discussed in five minutes. So that is, and then in terms of Hajj, people go for Hajj. The specific Masail of Hajj, Alhamdulillah, there are so many people with on that journey. People, as they go along, they get the update, they get the one day before what's to be done. They refresh the Masail and they carry on. So the Masail is a very easy part of it. And unfortunately, many a times, this is what is regarded as the only effort to make. Whereas the Masail is also important, obviously. If the Masail are not learned, the basic Masail are not known, a person will do a lot and get nothing because he did it wrong. So the Masail are important, but more important than that is, together with the Masail, is to bring the ruh and the spirit, the soul into that amal. Now a person is performing Salah, he's performing the Salah correctly in terms of the Masail. But he is doing it haphazardly mind is not there the heart is not there and is performing it a little bit hastily then in the hadith sharif it comes at such a salah then rises barely above the head of the person and then it's wrapped like a dirty rag and thrown back at the face of the person and the salah then curses him may Allah ta'ala destroy you as you have destroyed me so this is in terms of salah the same applies to other amal as well. That a person did the amal, he took the effort, paid a lot of money to get there. All this was done, but it was done without the soul, the spirit, the ruh of it. So the reward, inshallah, he'll still get of performing umrah. But the benefit of it, that too is still a question. If it was done in a haphazard way, Allah forbid sometimes it can become a negative balance so in any case the thing is to perform that umrah that hajj whatever amal perform it in a way that a person's heart is filled with what is supposed to be filled thereafter he returns not with just bags full nowadays that two people say that there's no need to fill the bags because you can't afford it so 
in any case the point is that to come with a heart filled to come back with a heart filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a heart filled with anwarat and barakat a heart filled in such a way that a person's life now takes a turn for the better this is a sign of the acceptance of Hajj and Umrah that a person's life that he led before Umrah, before Hajj then the life after Hajj, after Umrah is far more better than that this is a sign that that Umrah, that Hajj was accepted so this is the aspect to focus on in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says Al-Hujjaju wal-Ummaru wafdullah the Haji and the person going for Umrah people going for Umrah also Nabi Wasallam says are the wafdullah they are deputations coming to Allah Ta'ala these are delegations coming to Allah Ta'ala and when a person comes as a delegation to some major some, some big person some king, some minister whoever, so now this is a delegation that has come to the king, to the palace so they are given royal treatment so the royal treatment of Allah Ta'ala is also available to the hujjaj and to those who go for Umrah but now our mind royal treatment is only in terms of dunya Royal treatment is something that's laid out seven course meals every day and everything seven star. Whereas that is not what is royal treatment in the court of Allah Ta'ala. It is all very, very minute, temporary, material things. If that was really royal treatment, then nobody would have had more than, of the material than Rasulullah. Whereas Rasulullah himself didn't regard this as the real things in life. He himself made dua, Allahumma ja'al rizqa ali Muhammadin quta. Ya Allah, make the, the rizq and the sustenance of the family of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi just to the extent of necessity. They must just be able to just live along. Can we imagine he's making that dua? So in any case, that's a topic on his own. That's a separate issue. The point is that Allah Ta'ala is also going to be dishing out royal treatment to the deputations that come. What is the royal treatment? In da'uhu ajabuhum, ajabahum. If now they make dua to Allah Ta'ala, this is the Allah Ta'ala's mehmani. He is now the host. So how is the host going to now treat the guests? Anything that the host, the guest begs of Allah Ta'ala, he will be granted. And if they seek forgiveness for themselves, for others, Allah Ta'ala will forgive. Now this is what a person really goes to acquire. The taluk with Allah Ta'ala. So the first thing for this to become a reality, talking about this spiritual aspect of Umrah, spiritual aspect of Hajj, the first thing that is necessary for this to become a reality is the correct intention. If the intention is correct, then it paves the way for everything else to follow. And if the intention is incorrect, then accordingly everything else will follow in that direction. So the last thing to allow into the mind when going for Umrah is that this is a kind of break, kind of holiday, a kind of some, well, taking some time off. Hazrat Mawlana Shah Kim Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Allah once when he was in South Africa, so he had come from Pakistan direct here and he was due to go back to Pakistan from here. So somebody suggested, well, we are here and we're going to go back, why don't we just 
change our ticket a little and go via Umrah. There's no harm in that. It's not no masla involved. But at the same time, a lesson to take from the way that the close servants of Allah Ta'ala think. So this is not something impermissible. It's perfectly permissible. There's no harm in it. When a person is sincerely going for Umrah, this he'll get their full reward of Umrah also. But as I said, nay, say, I won't go to Baytullah and for the ziyarat of Rasulullah on a secondary note. I'll make a special trip for this purpose alone. I won't go on, by the way. This is not something to be done by the way. Now, this is, as I said, not a masla issue. Not that if somebody now decided now they want to take going somewhere and they're also going to make Umrah, there's now a masla now. This person now is doing something wrong. But at the same time, the mindset that this is not to be treated as a by the way thing. So now often what happens is, it's a break, it's a holiday, it's whatever, and side by side is Umrah. So the itinerary also is all planned accordingly, meaning though a person is in the Haramein Sharifain, the mindset is how to now enjoy the whatever else is there, and side by side this will carry on to So when this is side by side, and this is just by the way, then the benefit of this too will be by the way. The full benefit of this is difficult then. So the thing is, the first thing is this intention. That the intention must be that a person who goes for Umrah, and this is among the very, very great sunnats of Rasulullah When Hazrat Umar once was going for Umrah, he came to finally meet Rasulullah Nabi Islam sent him off and then he sends him off with these words that La tansana fi du'aika ya ukhayya that don't forget us also in your dua, oh my brother. Can we imagine who is asking for dua from who? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala and Ummati is going for Umrah, Hazrat Umar is, is extremely great personality but Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who can come anywhere close to that rank? But he is asking Hazrat Umar this highlights the greatness of this journey. That Nabi Salaam is also teaching us. This is a talib for the Ummad. That what a great journey this is, and the du'as of a person on this journey are accepted. So Nabi Salaam is teaching us by asking du'a from Hazrat Umar They don't forget us also in your du'as. So this is the mindset with which to go. This is not a holiday, this is not a break, this is something that is a very great ibadat, the very great sunnah of Rasulullah. The aspects of beforehand planning other things, meaning some kind of entertainment, Allah forbid, all the forces of dunya have now ringed the Haramein Sharifain with every kind of distraction. And if a person doesn't go with the right mindset, then he cannot reach the Haram without passing some distraction. From wherever he is stationed, Illa mashallah, he will have to pass some distraction or the other. By the time he gets there, now his mind is already gone into so many things. He's sitting in the Haram Sharif also, but his mind is somewhere else. So therefore, this must be the sole aspect in the heart and mind, that I'm going for this great ibadat. So that is in terms of the Umrah itself, and in terms of ziyarat, then I'm going for the ziyarat of Rasulullah This has been an academic debate among the ulama, that when a person is going to Madinah Munawara, must he make the niyat of ziyarat of the 
مسجد اب نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اور زیارت وہ تو روزہ مبارک اینڈ دا اکیڈمک ڈبیٹ حاجی امداد اللہ صاحب رحمۃ اللہ علیہ وین دس ڈبیٹ واز اسٹل ٹیکنگ پلیس ون ڈے سم بڈی واز ڈسکسنگ اٹ اگین سو ہی انکوائر اینڈ آسٹ ون کوشچن سمپل کوشچن سو ہی سیز دیٹ دا مسجد اب نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم دا مسجد از ویری ویری گریٹ دس ہیز اے ویری گریٹ ورچو ویری گریٹ سگنیفیکنس بٹ ٹیل می where did this significance come to the masjid it came due to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so what is now more greater the ziyarat of the masjid or the ziyarat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam due to whom this masjid gained significance so that is the intention so this is the sole intention no other sideline intentions person while he is there he'll need something he'll buy it he wants to buy some gift for somebody he'll buy it But that's not his intention at all. He doesn't go planning for that. He doesn't go with that in mind. Then the other part of it is <coughs> that when a person is going for these kind of great amal, ibadat, a person <coughs> who goes just blank in terms of what he's going to do there, before he knows it, the time will have passed and he would have hardly done anything. A person is going for some business trip. So now he's going on a business trip There's extensive planning beforehand. Who he's going to meet, where he's going to go, what he's going to do. He's got a complete schedule made out beforehand because he's got limited time. He's got limited time and a lot to do. So now he mustn't waste any time. He mustn't lose out. He comes back. He must come back with the deal having been done. So now on a business trip, there's a whole lot of planning done beforehand. A lot of things done in advance. The person is going for Umrah. he should not be going blank he should be having a program in place in makkah mukarramah for example this is what my target is going to be the circumstances how crowded it may be how quiet it may be all this would sometimes change the situation but in principle he's got some idea he's made some kind of program for himself i must make so many tawaf daily at least these would be probably the times that might be more suitable whatever it is so much tawaf i must make as far as possible inside the haram sharif both in makkah mukarramah madina munawwara the target should be depending on the time a person has there but at least minimum one khatam of the quran sharif in both harams inside the haram sharif and if the time person is there for more longer time even more this is like the bare minimum so now a person is programming himself that i need to engage myself in amal i need to engage myself in the maximum in terms of taking the rewards of this mubarak lands so programming himself in makkah mukarrama excessive recitation of kalima tayyiba la ilaha illallah and this is while coming going walking a person is a hafiz he can recite quran sharif all the time too person is not a hafiz so now he sometimes be walking just one is he walking with somebody the person is talking something fine he discuss something he's walking alone coming and going but just blank looking at the things around us every moment in these mubarak lands is very precious every moment can become a turning point in a person's life that one moment of acceptance we don't know when something will just click in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says inna lillahi ta'ala nafahatun fil ard fata'arradu laha that there are the rays of mercy that come from allah taala on earth from times of time, time to time in our own way we describe it as the moment of acceptance qabuliyat ki gari and where will this come more than in the mubarak place of the haram sharif 
This comes anywhere on earth, but obviously it will come more in those places which are more beloved to Allah Ta'ala. So now in that moment, a person, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, laha. You be attentive to take it. At that time, a person is involved in some other fruitless thing, some futile activity. person is now busy doing something totally futile. So he lost out. That moment went away. And at that time, he was engaged. He just clicked. And he got it. His life turned around. So many people returned from Hajj, returned from Umrah. People couldn't recognize that it is the same person that went. person came back with such a positive change. So to program oneself, Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, in Makkah Mukarramah, excessive recitation of La ilaha illallah, in Madina Tayyibah, excessive recitation of Durud Sharif. In fact, to target 5,000 Durud Sharif a day is like a very small amount. Banamam. 5,000 Durud Sharif is really for what else, what other work do we have but to engage ourselves in Amal. So 5,000 including the time the person is walking to and fro to the Haram Sharif. Nowadays, there's a good distance, mashallah, from wherever a person is. Just going for one salah and coming back, that'll amount to a considerable amount. While sitting in the Haram Sharif, waiting for salah, after salah, engaging in tilawat, or engaging in Duru Sharif. So now this is a target. If there's a target, and that is at least, for example, one khatam of the Quran Sharif in each Haram, inside the Haram Sharif, now this will keep a person pushing to do more in the time available. Now he'll be programming himself that now after... Maghrib now I rather just surround you and continue because now I need to f- reach the target it's already the day is gone I'm only three quarter away and there's no target then time is all the time free person is forever free then so to program oneself then this is the positive amal that a person is required to do but then there are the negative amal to refrain from also and that is in a different way of describing it, Hazrat Wala used to say the positive ibadat and the negative ibadat. Not negative in the sense of something negative, something not good, but meaning just as a description that to get the light on, there's a positive wire and the negative wire. When both these wires are in place, then the light comes on. So, likewise, the positive wire is the ibadat to do, the negative wire are the amal or the wrongs, rather which we have to refrain from. See, such a great aspect like Hajj. What a great Ibadat. And now Umrah is a mini Hajj. So the same things apply to many extent. Certain aspects won't apply, going to Mina and Arafat and Muzdalifah, etc. Those things won't apply. But many other things are the same. And especially on the spiritual note, most of it will apply. Nabi Sallallahu such a great Amal like Hajj person will go, which is compulsory on him once in a lifetime. And Nabi Islam is giving the virtue of this Hajj. And he says, Man hajja walam yarfus walam yafsuk raja'aka yawmin waladathu ummu person who performs Hajj and two things only Nabi Islam mentions in this. Can we imagine such a great amal once in a lifetime compulsory and what is being said? The person who performs Hajj, he doesn't utter any evil and he doesn't do any sinful action then he will come back like the day he was born sinless like he was born the day he was born he was sinless totally free of any sin person who's performed his hajj in this manner will return in a manner that he is sinless but the lesson for us in this is and this will apply to Umrah as well that out of all the things that could have been mentioned 
Nabi Islam is highlighting two things. Man hajja walam yarfus. Rafs here yeah, refers to speaking any evil. So especially the aspect of ghibat. Can we imagine ghibat anywhere in the world? It's such a terrible thing. Can we imagine in the Haram Sharif? And many of the great aimma etc. They would come for very limited time for Umrah etc. and go away. They'll come back. The reason was that the azmat of this place, the sanctity and the greatness of this place is so much that when a person is there for an extended period of time, then he cannot manage to maintain that level of respect continuously. When he lands there, the first day he's on a very good note, then he starts getting casual and then he starts getting lax. And that's a dangerous thing. Now a person is sitting in the Haram Sharif and he's treating it like any other place in the world. And he's making ghibat now. In the Haram Sharif, in Makkah Sharif, each amal is rewarded 100,000 times. Each sin is also multiplied 100,000 times. A person has gone there, he's, now because it becomes Allah forbid like a kind of party atmosphere between namazes now, after namaz is over, people are now sitting around, gathering, talking about everything, because now they're meeting in the Haram Sharif. So now, worldly talk starts in there, and sometimes Allah forbid what can be bought where, We've come here to take the Anwarat and Barakat. That's the other thing. Just to first finish off this point. That this is an aspect to be very, very conscious about. And to condition the mind from beforehand. That I will keep complete control of my tongue. Complete control of my gaze. Complete control of my heart. Obviously, the actions will then fall in place as well. Person has, we are insan, we'll, sometimes a person can still slip up, make mistakes, we are all human. But the, the thing is, often we don't even have this focus also. We haven't even intended it. So the very crucial thing is, the full control of the tongue. Extremely fundamental. Otherwise, a person in that one moment can lose all those amal full control of the tongue and this is also an ajeeb thing that in another hadith Nabi Salaam says Al-Hajjul Maburur Laysa Lahu Jaza'un Illa Al-Jannah a Hajj which is Maburur we hear this word we use it too we wish somebody well when they're going for Hajj we tell them Allah Ta'ala give you Hajj Maburur but what is Maburur? Maburur comes from Bir Bir means virtue so Hajj Maburur is a Hajj which is filled with virtuous acts so meaning the righteous acts so, Nabi Islam says, Hajjul Maburur, there's no reward for it but Jannat. person did Hajj properly, he got the whole of Jannat. So the Sahaba asked, what is this bir? Ma birruha ya Rasulullah. Now can we imagine again, such a great amal like Hajj, person falls, falls on him once in a lifetime. Nabi Islam says, the special virtues of Hajj. Whatever good a person will do is all part of it. The special virtues of Hajj. It'amu ta'am. Feeding people, feeding whoever, how much, whatever, no restriction, how much a person, whatever he can, whenever he can. Fed somebody, gave one fruit to eat, gave somebody one bottle of water to drink, whatever. But to the extent of his capacity, feeding. So the same thing applies in the mini hajj. And if shaw's salam, making salam common to the one we know, to the one we don't know, who is not a Muslim there? Everybody is Muslim there. 
We're passing thousands of Muslims, but we hardly make salam to even ten sometimes, unless we know the person. So salam, ifshaw salam. Now this is an occasion to build this brotherhood of the ummah. So imagine the brotherhood of the ummah is what is being built by on the basis of what on the basis of ikram, feeding people. People have come from different parts of the world, whoever, whoever. Now this is a thing that creates bonds and salam, making salam common. And the third thing, tibul kalam, speaking sweet words, soft tone, soft words. Now these are the highlights of the virtue of Hajj. So there's so much in it. There's a whole discussion on these things that how these things become the special virtues of Hajj. But the same thing applies to the mini Hajj, the Umrah. That to try and engage in these things as much as we can. Then the aspect that we are talking about is the aspect of that the heart, the anwarat and barakat that are to be received from these Mubarak places. What is very important for that is, this is what we go for. And this is every moment, the Kaaba Sharif, the blessings of Allah Ta'ala are being showered down. And these barakat and blessings, these anwarat, reflect on the hearts of those who are there. But what is very important is, that we have to be, just as an example to understand it, we have to be tuned into the right station. This is, so to say, beaming from there. But a person now has got his, that receiver, on the wrong channel. Or the masjid has got that. Transmitter, so now here he's got the receiver on the wrong channel, but so now the masjid is transmitting, but you won't hear anything here. Or if you hear something, he'll hear something else. He's not hearing what's coming from the masjid. A person is sitting in the Haram Sharif and his heart is tuned to the channel of dunya. So his heart is tuned to the channel of dunya now, he'll be sitting there and planning also where he'll buy what and how he'll go about it, and then after that, how he's gonna now take it through the customs. Because that might become a problem, so how to try and bypass that? He'll be sitting in the Haram Sharif, in front of the Kaaba Sharif, and then he'll make dua at Multazam also for the custom to be easy. So now he's sitting in the Haram Sharif, but his heart is channeled, his, his heart is uh, tuned into the channel of dunya. So now, how is he going to receive those blessings? So to be conscious of this, this is that aspect which is known as istihzar. That consciousness, consciousness of where one is, the consciousness of the Mubarak place, the consciousness of those rays of mercy that are coming all the time. The person is conscious of it. Once, Hazrat Mashaq Hakim Akhtar was in Makkah Sharif, a lot of people were with him, and they were just walking through the Haram Sharif or walking back. This was many years back when he was still well, mashallah. So in any case, he just suddenly stopped and he's looking up. Now, again, there's not maslas involved here. But this is somebody, this is a heart that is inclined to something. He's looking intently, it was at night, looking up, they thought, now what is it, can't see anything, something in the air, whatever. So somebody then inquired, you're looking at something. She so said, no, I'm just thinking that this whole space, how many times Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would have, now they were in Madinah Sharif, 
How many times the Vislausam might have looked up? Sometimes to the moon because to look at the look for the new moon, this is Sunnat, the Vislausam would look for it himself. So how many times he would have perhaps looked at the moon? Allah knows best which path of so to say light his gaze followed. And that nur that emanated from his Mubarak gaze at that moment in that path of light would remain there. Allah knows best. We're looking up which moment that might be that it might just coincide with that particular direction. And that might just become the means of filling our hearts with that nur. Now this is that istihzar. Whoever a person is, is conscious. Where am I? What am I doing? That mataf is a place where Allah knows best which spot has not been touched by the feet of some Anbiya Alim Because every Nabi of Allah Ta'ala came for Hajj. So though that marble might have come now and whatever else, but that point of earth, that ground is still the same ground. The soil might have been removed from up to, up to an extent, but that earth is the same. That earth is the same, that barakat will still be there. So we don't know which spot of ground there is not touched by any Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. In that mataf area especially. Now a person is walking on the mataf and he's so casual and so sometimes Allah forbid he's even looking in directions he should not be looking at. One person was making tawaf and while making tawaf the only dua he's making Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minka Ya Allah I seek refuge in you from you. A very strange dua. Not wrong dua but unusual dua. Allah, I seek refuge in you, from you. And repeatedly he's making only this dua. Now, somebody heard him once, now, during the tawaf now, you end up passing the person several times sometimes. I heard this person is only making this dua. So he asked him that, there are so many things to recite. You're only reciting this one dua. He said, no, you do your own work. He said, please, there must be something behind this. What's, after all, what is the issue? Now, Allah Ta'ala treats people according to their position and status. In any case, he then replied and said, Can you see my one eye is blind? He says, I was while making tawaf, I cast one haram glance. I looked at some woman. So one hand came out of the Kaaba Sharif and slapped me so hard that my eye immediately got blind. And a voice from the unseen said to me, The next time you do this, we'll, we'll repeat the same thing. So now, this is the only dua I can keep making that comes to my heart and mind. Ya Allah, I seek protection in you from your chastisement, from your azab. That that azab can come in any moment, in one second. In one split second. So Ya Allah, I am seeking your protection from your azab. So this becomes an ibrad for us. So the point is that the while to engage oneself in amal, this is extremely important. The more that a person can do, the better. But the very important thing and even more crucial than that is staying away from every sin. Staying away from every wrong, especially the sins of the tongue, sins of the eyes, and keeping the heart also attuned. That where am I? Azmat of the place. Then these anwarat and barakat, now we are, we are directly linked. Now we'll be receiving. And when a person is sitting in the Haram Sharif especially, then his heart is focused. That where am I sitting and what am I receiving now? Now when he's sitting there focused, no matter what distance he's sitting from, but that will be a totally different situation. Compared to a person sitting there, even in the Ka- Makkah Mukarramah, sitting focused towards the Kaaba Sharif, in the Hadith it is mentioned, person even just looking at the Kaaba Sharif with azmat, with respect, that too is a means of great reward and thawab. 
So the heart being focused in that way, this will bring about that kind of purification of the heart that we desire. That will now bring that great change in the heart. It will remove those stains of sins. Then the aspect of Madinah Munawara, in terms of Umrah, one or two things just to round off on. There are so many aspects in which this whole Hajj and Umrah have been explained. We should try and bear this in mind to the extent we can. One of the aspects that have been explained in detail is, person going for Hajj, going for Umrah, this is an entire depiction of death. Reminding him of his death to the extent of his kafan. The ihram, he puts on the two sheets, is reminding him of the day he'll be in his kafan. He's left home, people came to bid him farewell, it's like people going to leave him at the Qabristan. Previously people would put on their ihrams even from home. So in any case, to try and be conscious of this, that had this been my moment of leaving dunya, would I have been ready for it? So now I'm going for Umrah. So now when I come back, I must conduct my life in such a way that at any time, if death had to come suddenly to me, I'm ready for it. So to bear this in mind. Then the other aspect about it is, it is the aspect of complete love. Umrah, Hajj is the aspect of complete love. Love of Allah Ta'ala. person is going round and round the Kaaba Sharif, like a person searching for his beloved. person in that ihram, totally got nothing to do with the world. And likewise, Madina Munawara is a journey of great love. It's not just a casual going. So beforehand, a person should have this in his mind. Some mashayikh, they even recommend reciting Surah Kawthar. Some recommend reciting it 1,000 times and making Isal Sawab of it to Rasulullah Sallallahu 1,000 times you might think is, but if a person gets into it, it's nothing much. And then especially during the journey, often we've planned during the journey what to do on the flight, meaning all the negatives. Whereas on that flight, especially now going for Umrah, that flight is already the journey towards this great ibadat. That is the first leg. That's not a time to be getting involved, Allah forbid, people on, on flight, television and movies and whatever else and all kinds of fitna. This is now already destroying the foundation of what is... The Umrah was supposed to be built on the right foundation. We are already setting up a foundation of something else. So that is already a time to be making excessive istighfar, to cleaning the heart out of anything, and making dua to Allah Ta'ala, seeking His forgiveness. So now when this will be the beginning of this journey, this istighfar, and... The manner of the, the mindset at that time, when a person is going for Umrah, going for Hajj, person now, that yearning that should be there, is like somebody who has been away from home for years. Never saw his parents for 10 years, 15 years. And now he's coming back home, he was cut off from home completely and he's coming back home after such a long time. What heart he'll come back with? And what will be that enthusiasm, what will be that feeling in meeting again with his family? That will be something which words cannot describe. Here he is going to Baitullah. So that eagerness should be even beyond that. That should be the mindset which one should try to create, one should try to generate this feeling in the heart. 
I'm going to Baytullah, I'm going to Madinah Munawwara, I'm going to visit Rasulullah Wasallam. So, with this in mind, he will find a completely different benefit out of this. There will be a completely different feeling in how to conduct himself, how to pass his time correctly. So these are the few things that will inshallah make this Umrah really, this is a great gift from Allah Ta'ala. It's not anybody's wealth that takes them, it's not anybody's ability, it's not anybody's anything. It's only the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. It's Allah Ta'ala's invitation. One person had gone for Hajj, and Ali was giving the talk. So one person had gone for Hajj from England, and first time in his life he's going. He had never been for Umrah also. Somewhere a few kilometers outside Makkah Mukarramah, there is some stop there where all the formalities are done, whatever else. So he was coming out of the bus, just for whatever. While the bus was parked there, he slipped and fell. He fell and broke his leg. Now he broke, so now they had to take him to the hospital, whatever, got it plastered. Now that hospital they took him was somewhere further back. In any case, when this work got done, now it was still time for Hajj. So he's insisting, no, I can't manage now, I want to go home. Tell him, you came all the way for Hajj, and you don't have to worry now, there are wheelchairs, people to take care of you, everything will happen. He insisted, no, I want to go home. So now they're trying to explain to him, come what may, he is not interested. Eventually they told him, okay, you've come for the first time in your life, you are kilometers away, 10, 15, 20 kilometers away. So just come and make your Umrah at least, because you come with Niyat of Tamattu, so make your Umrah, now the Hajj part of it will... He says, no, I'm not going. So somebody just to try and coax him, that okay, one step at a time, coax him, he said, okay, just come see the Kaaba Sharif. He said, I'm going home. And no matter what they tried to explain to him, he became so obstinate, he took them, somehow forced them to take him back to Jiddah, and from there he took the flight and went back home. And he was right there, right kilometers away, but he didn't get there. This highlights the situation that a person doesn't get there on his, if it was money, if it was somebody's ability, then the wealthy would have been there all the time and the poor would never have got there. But many a person who has nothing also gets there. So it is the invitation of Allah Ta'ala. Whether a person has it, doesn't have it, it's Allah Ta'ala's invitation. So we have to appreciate this and have to make the best of it. Our time be spent in ibadat, in dua, excessive dua. This is something unfortunately we neglect. We make dua, but the dua is very confined, very little, a lot of time in dua. Especially at the time of tahajjud, time between the azan and iqamat, etc. These are times of acceptance of dua. We make a lot of dua at this time, dua for ourselves, for our families, for our communities, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, repeatedly making du'a, excessive du'a. Allah tabarak wa taala accept each one's umrah. Allah taala make it a means of great benefit, make it a means of every positive change. Allah taala make it a means of barakat and blessings and gaining the anwarat of the mubarak places and to make du'a for all of us. Allah taala accept one and all. Inshallah. Subhanallah. Bihamdihi. Subhanakallah. Bihamdika. Nashadu anna illa 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 ill